This episode is brought to you by Zen Sandwich Podcast with our dear friend, Mark Reed. So let me tell you about Zen Sandwich. Zen Sandwich is a podcast for the independent thinker and anyone who embraces life despite its absurdities. Former professor and attorney turned Japanese paper maker, Mark Reed, that's me, uh, inspires mindfulness, humor, and a down-to-earth 21st century Zen lifestyle. Join him, me, as uh, as he talks with creative, inspiring, and influential people like Dana Sardano and Angela DeMarco there, amongst others. And uh, as he shares his, or as he shares his own research, sometimes I do little solos, observing the socially constructed mess of reality, sharing travel stories, hadn't done that in a while, and exploring what it means to be alive in a modern world. So yeah, I, I did just read that off a of script, but still, sounds interesting. I'd want to listen to that. You can find you can find Zen Sandwich on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you've got, uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, and you know it's easy to find. I don't really have any competitors. There's no like Zen Hoagie or Zen Subroll. There's just one Zen Sandwich, baby. So just Google it, and there I am. We're shedding our masks and breaking down walls. Hell, we may even drop our drawers. That's right. We're going commando with Angela and Dana. Hi, my name is Dana Sardano, and this is Angela DeMarco, and we are Going Commando. Going Commando is a little show that we put together because we understand the importance of being, we'll get to you, Mark Reed. (laughs) Settle down, settle down. (laughs) Settle down. We see the importance of being who you are and and being true to that and bringing it to the world. And and we like to do that. And hopefully we give you permission to do the same. Angela, everybody knows who you are. So we're going to move right to our impatient guest, Mr. Mark Reed. (laughs) He's ready to to rip it all off. (laughs) He's already son's pants. Just give me a a moment to to introduce you, Mark, because Angela and I both Thanks so much of you. And what's really, really cool about the internet and uh, is how you could develop friendships with people, never having been in the same room with them. And the moment we stumbled across Mark, we understood that he was he was super special a long time. Mark, Mark, it was a, a career lawyer, uh, it was a college professor, first stint, first stint, continue, first stint. Either way, professional guy and decided to be true to himself and true to um, his, his his soul's purpose and and do what he loves. Moved out to Japan, married a beautiful Japanese woman, moved out to Japan, lives out in, in the woods, makes uh, – w- w- tell me what it's called, Mark, the paper. It's called Washi. The washi paper. Washi, yeah, W A S H I, washi. Yeah, and uh, and does his podcast and sandwich, and I love it because I'm like Sammy's and sandwich, and (laughs) everything he does. I see all of his posts on social media, specifically LinkedIn. It's all about the art of Zen, the the art of being, just again like with everything Angela and I stand for, being true to who you are and being at peace with yourself and the world around you. And Mark, before I let you speak, I'm going to embarrass myself. You ready? Sure. That's my favorite part mm-hmm. already. <laughs> Gosanka, itarakia, arigato, gosaimas. Okay. I, I caught your last part. You're thanking me. But can you for being here? Us? I'm thanking you for being oh, here. Okay, okay, I'm yeah, thanking yeah, you for you being forgot. here. Okay. 
All right. Yeah, I'm proud of you too. That's wow. Joseph, Joseph, oh my God, means... that took balls of steel. Cause I'm like, you know, I learned a little bit of Polish phonetically, but I tried, I kept listening to it and I'm like, you know, welcome was much easier, but it was like yeah. welcome to a restaurant or a retail store. And I'm like, yeah, I yeah, keep yeah. the connotations That's... off, but it was so it much is. easier. So I'm like writing it phonetically. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know. So well, here, here's, what you, here's what I'll, and this will be the end of our Japanese lesson for the day. And we can move okay. on to the, the, the juicy stuff. Uh, on a podcast like this, you would say, Yoroshiku onegaishimasu. So I, I'll slow it down for you. Yoroshiku onegaishimasu. Yoroshiku onegaishimasu. Yoroshiku onegaishimasu. Yeah, we, we should have done this ahead of time. I would just bust it out with that. <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, we've already lost all your listeners. They're like, this is boring shit. I don't care about this Japanese stuff. <laughs> so, so I was so nervous about saying that that I screwed up your whole introduction. I'm like, yeah, Mark Train, he was That's a lawyer. Perfect. He lives in the woods now. He makes paper at the end. And because I was in my head, I'm like, go Sanka. So, <laughs> well, now I sound like the. Now I sound like the Unabomber. He lives out in the woods and makes paper, and like he's writing his <laughs> he's writing his manifesto. And <laughs> Mark, yes. welcome. Thank you. I, I, feel, I feel welcome. I feel welcome already. I feel at home already. Uh, uh, we do. We do absolutely love you, Mark. And we're so glad that you're here. And um, I, I have to thank you. And I have to say, by the way, I'm I, I'm already pleased that you pronounce Zen Sandwich correctly, because uh, so as you both know, I just did a TED talk and um, <clears throat> I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit. But the uh, the MC, well, there's there's dual MC. So I'm here in Japan. So some of the speakers are uh japanese speaking in japanese some of the speakers are american well they're foreigners speaking in english uh actually i was the only american doing it but there's two mcs and it's a british guy and a japanese woman and the british guy was not he was very hoity-toity british like it wasn't like the it wasn't the hello governor it wasn't like the uh the <laughs> real the chimney sweep yeah it wasn't that guy it, this was like was the, pinky up drinking tea the, yes this was like the ray fines or you know the just the, the very elegant you know and he he's uh backstage he went to me beforehand with my bio and he's like i'm sorry Mark, let me just clarify this one thing here is it um is it uh, is it zin sandwich and it's just misspelled here and i'm like no it's it's i'm from Bama. it's it's sandwich he's like I'm sorry, I'm just not getting it. Is it just, is it <laughs> sandwich? I'm like, no, it's Zen sandwich. And he's like, so then later he's introducing, and Mark is the, uh, he's the podcast host of Zen sandwich. Like it was like, like it pained him. It pained him to say it in this kind of slangy American backwards way so, so. Oh, I love, and i'm all like it's a sandwich it's a sandwich i love it i love it <laughs> no, you guys yeah. nail it right <laughs> so, that's awesome how did the ted talk go like how did you feel this was like a bucket list thing for you it was indeed in fact part of the speech was about bucket lists and and part of the speech was about doing reverse bucket lists like looking back at your life and what what would be on your bucket list if you wrote it when you were 12 years old you know, because it's easy to like, well, it's not easy, but, the, you know, we, we continuously write our bucket list, right? At 40, 50, like, what do I have left on my bucket list? You know, I think it's worthwhile to uh, go through the exercise of like, well, wait a second. What would have been on my bucket list when I was 12? You know, when you're 12, you're like, well, I just want to graduate high school, you know? I just want to, you know, graduate college, something like that. And it's worthwhile to go back and look like, okay, well, what have I checked off my bucket list? 
you know, and then that gives you momentum to now look forward and do the things that you still want to do. Cause you can look at like what it took to get the big things in your life that you have done, what yeah. it took to get those, those items accomplished. And, you know, during my talk, my, my take was it, it takes intuition and belief. And the intuition part is like when your gut tells you, you've got to do something like, you know, my gut told me I got to go to Japan. Okay. Or yeah. I've got to go to law school and become a lawyer. You know, that was my gut saying, look, you've got to do that thing. Yeah. And then the belief part is belief in yourself that you can do it, you know? So you, you got to have both. Like I could have mm -hmm. intuition that, uh, you know, oh, Mark, you need to be an NBA basketball player. <laughs> but I mean, the belief part's not there. Like I don't believe that I can make that happen. So, okay. That's off the list, but the things you yeah. have intuition that I should do this. And then the belief that you can, I'm capable of doing it, that those are the things you should go do. Can I ask you a question? Awesome. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Dave. I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I just want to question about what you're saying because the intuition is the gut, but wouldn't you think, wouldn't you say that the belief is also connected to the intuition because I know that you wouldn't believe you'd be an NBA player because, right. you know, for the obvious reasons, <laughs> no offense. Oh, right. but like, no, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you're too short. You're too fat. You're short. But you're also like, there's an understanding like within of really how far you can go with things. Like there's certain things I know, again, I'll never be an astronaut, you know, but there's no. parts of there, but I do have things in my gut that I believe that I could be things that like, are even beyond what people, what other people might think. Like, right. I know, that, that, like I know that was, yeah, that was part of a part of, that was a line in my speech is that, so you should keep your ambitions uh, reasonable, but you can do more than your perceived limitations. Yeah, I, I like, I think I can only go this far, but actually, well, whatever that line is, you can go further. I mm -hmm. assure you, you can do more than yeah. you think you can do. Right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a really good segue into what we wanted to talk about today. Just like a general topic, you know, we're okay. kind of. Shooting, I brought I know. brought my own topics, by the way, if we get to them, but let's do it. It's your show. Do it. I guess we'll, yeah. I guess we'll do what you <laughs> yeah, right. I guess we'll follow your script, girls. I guess. It's like, hey, thanks for having me over for dinner. I brought all the food in case your cooking yeah. sucks. So, <laughs> okay. So, um, we are in uh, season five on purpose, mm -hmm. and we've been talking about um, kind of loosely the concepts in my book, uh, Uniquely You Update Number 52 The Birth of a Bright Eyed Entrepreneur. And it's basically about like um, having an idea, feeling that gut intuition that I want to do something, having the belief that I could do it. And then what we want to talk about today are the catalysts that forced that change. Okay. So we, we like when I was starting my book, like the, the reason why I started on my mission, my, my initial catalyst was losing the baby. <laughs> you taking notes? Yes, I always <laughs> there do. Will be, there will be a test. Okay. Um, um, when I lost Joshua, I went on a spiritual journey, which led me to figure out what my purpose was. But there were catalysts that like kicked me in the pants to get the whole thing like started yeah. at certain points. And to me, my catalysts have been like you get the nudges, you get the intuition nudge, you get like the okay, I'll do the little baby steps, but I'm going to stay comfortable in the old hermit crab shell, as Dana likes to call it. And there's something that has to happen that forces you. Like the shell has to break. <laughs> the shell has to like no longer be present or something to really like, if you're not listening to those nudges and following yeah. your purpose truly, 
or mm -hmm. like you're not on the right timeline, you get, there's something that happens and it could be yes. something traumatic. It could be something, whatever. So you went from lawyer living in Alabama and then all over places to, mm -hmm. to Japan, like to totally, you're, you like, you had two totally different things. So what would have been like, what would you say was like your, your major catalyst for that major life transition? Yeah, I would say there are, there were several, there were sort of like yeah. many catalysts, you know, that kind mm -hmm. of gradually led up to it. But when, uh, when people ask me like why I left the law, I, I, I do identify like a single case, even though it couldn't have just been that one case, but this, there was like yeah. one that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back, mm -hmm. so to speak. And, uh, I'll just summarize it quickly. I, at that time I was working. I first practiced law in New York. I was an assistant district attorney, an ADA up there. And then I had relocated back to my home state of Alabama to a big firm in Birmingham. And I worked in securities law. So like stocks, mutual funds, but it was a big firm. So we represented the uh, evil, large corporations, the Bank of America and Merrill Lynch, these kind of people. And uh, so um, there was a case where this little old lady, her husband had passed away and she'd never worked a day in her life. I mean, she was already in her seventies or eighties or something. And she, she'd just been a housewife all her life. He left her the pension, you know, the, uh, the life insurance policy. She had about 400 grand to do, to live the rest of her life off of, and she didn't know what to do. So she goes to her, um, advisor at one of these big firms. And he said, Oh yeah, give me your money. I'll, uh, I'll invest it. You can live off the interest. It'll be fine. This is before 07, 08, the market crash. And uh, so I'll speed up. Long story short, the the market did crash. She lost almost everything, and and he kept he kept persuading her to leave the money with him because he kept moving it around, trying to save it. But it's also it, it doesn't hurt his paycheck because it it's uh, he's getting commissions every time he bounces it around, and she's just watching it go to nothing quickly. And even though she asked him to take it out, and he wouldn't, or well, he persuaded her to keep it yeah. in. So anyway, I'm defending that guy yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, and not just me, but like 10 other lawyers. Cause I work for a big firm. So there's like 10 of us on this one case. We're passing the case around and, and she just got Joe lawyer. Who's never even had a securities case. He's an ambulance chaser. And he just, he, all he knows how to do is file a lawsuit and we are pros in this one practice area. So, you know, we're just beating her up. Like, you know, stocks are risky investments. Uh, she knew what she was getting into. She signed the prospectus, which says that uh, she could lose so some or all of her investment. And uh, so, you know, long story short, I like to sleep at night. And, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, this case, I was like, you know what? What the, can I swear on? I've heard you guys swear on this, right? Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck? Yeah, okay. I was like, what the, <laughs> fuck, what the fuck am I doing? You know, this is, this is not how Mark spends the rest of his, I, I'm going to speak to myself, I speak, I'm going to refer to myself in the third person. Yeah. <laughs> Mark does not spend the rest of Mark's life this way. You know, mm -hmm. there's no way I'm, I'm living the next 40 years defending big corporations and uh, uh, beating up little old ladies who lost all their money in the stock market. That's just not happening. So I just, that was it. And just coincidentally at the, well, maybe it's the universe answering my manifestation call. Oh, Jesus, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. Uh, <laughs> at the same time, I'm rekindling things with uh, my now wife. She's someone I had met in 04 and 05 when I was here in Tokyo. And we dated then and we just kept in touch. 
and we were just, you know, rekindling our old uh, conversations and relationship. She came to visit me in America, and I basically let her know, like, I'm done with the law one way or another. And then everything went well. She said, come visit me in Japan, and I did, and I just, I didn't, I refused to leave. I just wouldn't leave. <laughs> She's like, okay, your visa's about up. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so here I am. That's, That's awesome. awesome. I, I, I got to tell you, Mark, I, I re, I'm not going to rehash my whole story, but I relate to you on the level of like when my educational career was coming to a close, I had, I, I was, I did the discipline and I was so tired of the bullshit of the, cause I was in a private school of the parents that had a lot of money, their kids got to do whatever they wanted. And then these other kids, it was very unfair, very inequitable. And I'm the one who's the law of the land and the yeah. very, very end of my catalyst was, um, these two kids came into my office and I mouthed off to them and I mouthed off to them knowing somewhere no, back here. I can't here, imagine you. Listen, Not let me you. tell you something. I, I was, <laughs> it was, it was intentional though. Like I would, like I was very good at that. I was very good at doling discipline in a diplomatic balanced way, being just scary enough, mm -hmm. but just fair enough. Like it was real. I was really like, there was somebody in my office like that, that, they're always like, oh my God, like, how do you do that? So that was like my thing. But I told these kids kind of knowing that I would catch heat for it, told them to get their heads out of their asses. It's 15 year old <laughs> boys. I was like, and with their parents, their names are on the library and who's donating <laughs> to what fund. And I'm like, you two get your heads out of your asses. <laughs> but it was that moment that I was like, what am I doing? I'm constantly yeah. fighting for these, for these underdogs. And the, the big guy is walking all over everybody. And there's so much more to it. But but in correspondence with that, like you said, when you were, yeah. when you were rekindling with your wife, correspondence with that, I had just got married to Rob and I just figured out I could paint. So I mm. have these other things, these carrots going, this is what it looks like yeah. to feel good. And you're mm. dancing around in this bucket of shit with these idiots. So, yeah. you know, to paraphrase. Sure. <laughs> and, uh... Here's the thing about the catalyst is uh, there. I, I think, you know, when I can look back, I feel like they're they're always actually around you and happening all the time. You have to be open to doing something about them. Like you, there's opportunity. There are doors that open and then the door shuts because you didn't do, you didn't walk through it. So, yeah. it you know, you kind of have to be like like ready for it. But, you know, because there were other opportunities in my past that were that the door was open and I was like, nah, I'm, I'm good being a lawyer here or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, you, there's you, definitely, there's yeah. definitely a readiness that, that comes with it because yeah. <clears throat> when I was doing the business, um, I was still working as a director of marketing at a manufacturing firm, like an in-house job, great hours, good pay, all that stuff, stability, great health insurance, all the things, right. All the things mm -hmm. that made me say, I can't quit and start a business. Like right. I can't do that. We're saving for a house. So we bought our house and um, we, we put on like, it was like the end of August, put our house, like we uh, went into contract. And then that September we had um, two, tra two teen tragedies in my town. And my, the, the business that Dana and I were working on was finduniquelyyou.com. And it was, uh, it's an online learning app and it was supposed to bring people together. It's all positive and personal empowerment. And I was like, the world freaking needs this so much. And it was like the minute we closed on the house, two weeks later, I said to my husband, like, I, I got to quit. Like we got the mortgage. I was like, I can't not do that anymore. Like it, it hurt to be at work because 
yeah. nothing was bad there. Like there, no. I didn't have that little old lady kind of thing. There was no, like right. we were selling stanchions. It was nothing <laughs> like, it wasn't yeah. anything like crazy, but I, I just couldn't physically do it anymore. You know what sure. I mean? It was just too much. So I, yeah. I, I went into a position of wanting to give back and it was yeah. just, there was no turning back from there. But Mark, I, to, I, to, to, go ahead. I was going to say to what you were saying, though, the, the, the signs are always there. They keep showing yeah. up. Sometimes they get more and more intense. So for me, the signs were there probably about three, four years. And then the head right. out of the ass thing was just like, OK, enough. Like it's right. time. <laughs> you that, know? Well, that's what that is where I was going to go next is that, you know, you can keep if you're not open to that, that uh, cat, those catalysts that are there along the way, um, maybe eventually it's just going to get so big you can't you can't ignore it anymore. You have to go through the door. The door just, the open door keeps getting in front of your face. You're like, oh, fuck, I guess I got to go through this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do we call that? What do we call that, Angela? What? Oh, that's a good old fashioned twop. Oh, that's, that's what that is. That's what it is. A little yeah. bell little here. Line. <laughs> the line from Ted Rex is, you know, you get tapped on your shoulder, you get tickled with a feather, maybe a little tap to the head, and then eventually you ignore it enough and the universe winds up, gives you a good old fashioned twat punch to make you do what it's time for you to do. I've gotten a few yeah. of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it happens too, like even um like Dana and I had a <laughs> the catalyst for our pivot. <laughs> it's the, I was just, okay. So we had a, this, we launched our business on June 26, 2022, com opened its doors. We have classes, we've got a community, we've got things going. By like October, October 1st, we had an open house where we had each of our students, uh, each of our teachers teach like 15 minute things. It was a whole virtual day. It was very lovely or whatever. But Dana and I are sitting there. So we're sitting in every session and everyone's doing their little thing and most of the stuff was like um there was like at one point where like we were doing reiki up to the camera and, yeah. and dana's like trying to text me with one hand she's like what the fuck are we doing here and i'm like i don't fucking know <laughs> what? i'm like well, this was what the f what, how did this happen this isn't, this isn't what we wanted <laughs> we wanted like empowerment career shifts like go get them we're here for and we're you. doing and fucking like, put your energy up to the screen we're like eh, no <laughs> So, <laughs> you have you have to get the like extra premium version of Zoom for the energy to go through. Like, yeah, 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 this, yeah. yeah this super and extra and, and you know what? It, it it just turned into something that that didn't feel good to us anymore. Like it no sure. longer resonated with me. I was growing, and expanding so much. So then we were like, all right, let's just let the school do its thing. We won't fan the flames anymore. It'll just run itself. Then we started feeding on publishing. So that was like. That was like, what else can we do here that that like expands our creativity, yeah. you know? Mm. And then because of where we felt there, Dana wrote me a broke a breakup letter. A breakup letter. Dana was a breakup letter. with me. And Ooh, ouch. Oh okay. yeah. Oh, but oh. Obviously, you got you made up and got back together. Just so you know, Mark. Just for the record, and I think <laughs> just for the record, it was not a breakup letter. It was a. It was a. It was a, 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 a twat punch. Is what it was. <laughs> It was like a it was a draw punch. Ooh, it was like I can no longer do. This is not about us. So Mark, tell us, <laughs> tell us. <laughs> no, we did a whole episode on the on the letter, but um, it was really like Dana had hit her like hit her wall with the whole thing, and yeah. I wasn't doing anything about it. Right, mm. like so Dana had to bust open the Kool Aid Kool Aid us a new opportunity. Totally. <laughs> like, Dana had to do what Dana does. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. So, so let me ask you, Mark. So, so Dana has to do what Dana does. That just landed, by the way. <laughs> 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 
um, you know, you're, you're, you're in Japan. How long are you in Japan now? For the rest of my life? Oh, you mean like how long? No, have how long been? have you been there? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, uh, I know you want an easy answer, it, but it's, I, this is my third tour of duty. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> this I tour of duty. I, yeah, yes. So this time was, is, uh, I'm coming up on five years. And how long have you been doing Zen Sandwich? Three or nine, well, almost four years, three and a half, three and a half years. Yeah. And do you, and I'm not trying to interrogate you, but like, how is the, <laughs> the growth? So tell me, if you want to cross examine me, go far away. Good yeah. luck. <laughs> Let hey, the Jack. record show. Mark is I, I will, I will give you some, month. if you want advice on when you get cross examined by someone, I will tell you what <laughs> we tell people. Well, please, I mean, tell if you, us, if you tell want, us. but I don't want to interrupt your story. About you your growth. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck my growth. We want cross-examination tips. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do it, do it. You just, you just, I mean, it sounds simple and it's, but the thing is when you're in an emotional conversation, it's hard to do, but just ask what, I mean, just answer what you've been asked. So in other words, like. If, I mean, if somebody is cross-examining you, that means they're treating you as a hostile witness anyway. So if they've asked you, like, you know, um, uh, I don't know, can you can you recall the events of this date and this time? Uh, that's not an open-ended question. They're not asking you to regurgitate everything you think about. It. If they say, can you recall the events of this date and this time? You say, yes or <laughs> no, somewhat. You answer as succinctly and you answer the question that's being asked and give them nothing else. So anyway, it, it works in real life, not just in the courtroom. Uh, if somebody oh, is, if somebody's coming at you, you answer what is being asked. And then it, it really saves your butt because when they, you know, when they try to say, well, you said this before, you're like, nope, I said this. And it was the answer to your question. You know, just keep it short and sweet, baby. That's how yeah, you do it. That's, that's, that's good for me to know because I tend to over communicate and give you like the weather and Most what was happening that day, what I was feeling and what I ate for breakfast. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. As a, you know, on the other side, at being an attorney who has cross-examined people, you know, I, I'm relying on that. I'm relying right. on you to just regurgitate more than, you know, I asked for. And I, I'm not, when you cross-examine in a courtroom, Actually, you're not asking a question you don't already know the answer to. I've already got yeah. the facts. And so I'm going to ask, you know, you know, so Dana, you were there or uh, Angel, you were there on that Thursday, correct? You know, it's a yes or no question. I'm going to you can lead. You know, you you hear these objections if you don't know how courtroom law leading works. the witness. Yeah, leading the witness. <laughs> you can on cross-examination. You can't lead the witness on direct. If you're my witness, I can't lead you down a path. I have to ask mm -hmm, you open-ended mm -hmm. questions. What happened on that day? And you just, that's when you answer because you're my witness. On cross-examination, cross I can lead you. And that's mm -hmm. what happens when people interrogate you in life, too. So. Anyway. Do you do you do divorce law? Oh boy. Fuck no. And let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. When you when you become a lawyer and you you know I have two practice areas basically criminal law and then securities law later on, which is both civil and criminal. Uh, the two broad uh, two broad areas. But you tell people you're a lawyer, and then they're like, "Well, let me tell you about this uh, divorce case my cousin is going through." And I'm like. Please don't. You're asking a, you're asking a podiatrist, a proctology question. I don't know. 
about asses. I know about yeah, feet. Yeah, I yeah, get that. yeah, no, I get that completely, completely. And I do love my lawyer. My lawyer is amazing. Josh, what's up? Right. The way, um, the way yeah. you talk about the cross-examination, that's how I handle my children. Like I know that if I, yeah. And I act like I already, I, I usually already know the answer and I just, right. and they sing like birds. Right. I was like, how do you do that? I'm like, I didn't skip their age to get to mine. Like I, <laughs> that's right. how I do that. Awesome. Oh. Awesome. Well, I'm going to keep that in mind. Well, I, I have questions if, I mean, I don't, cause I don't want to like run out of time before I get to my questions. I know it's your oh, show, please. but. You know what? <laughs> this is going commando Zen sandwich style. Let's do there it. Go. Yep. <laughs> sandwich, sandwich, sandwich. Bring it in, sandwich. Uh, you should have introduced me at the TEDx talk. I should have just like had it. Can I have a remote MC just for this one? <laughs> oh, I would have riffed. I would have riffed for like twenty minutes. It's a sandwich, it's a sandwich. We and you like would have been like, sandwich. and you would have botched the Japanese. It would have oh been amazing. Oh my god, <laughs> the American trying to speak. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay. Right, yeah. um, okay. Uh, <laughs> either one of you can answer. I feel like this is might be up Dana's alley here, but uh, but either one of you can answer. Please do. Um, so things are going well. I don't know how to ask ask this question first of all without seeming like a an asshole. And I, what I mean by that is like things are going pretty swell right now for me. And how do I not? How do I? I'm feeling guilty about it. Okay. I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, life is going good. It shouldn't. I don't deserve this or something. You know, there's that. And then, you know, like right now, I sound like an asshole. I'm like, yeah, my life is awesome, man. You know, it's not. I mean, there, there's plenty of bumps in the road and I have bad days just like anybody else, but life's going all right. So how do I not feel guilty about it? And how do I not self-sabotage it because I feel like I don't deserve it? Oh, so I've got the total answer to all of this. I've written several books. I'm no, sorry. Go ahead. Please, please. please. She's like fucking chomping at the bit. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There she goes. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Let me undo the leash. Go ahead. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, so it's really like a simple answer in theory, but it's challenging in, in, in action, um, in okay. practice. So, we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago, just you and me, just, you know, talking chakras or whatever. And we were talking right. about the, how our beliefs, like where they develop. And every time you start to feel guilty because you have good things in your life, that comes from a level of I'm not worthy of this and mm -hmm. a belief like whatever you have to examine what your beliefs are. So you could sit back and be like, okay, what do I, am I fearful that if I have something good, I can lose it. Am I, am I, am, do I believe that I'm not worthy of having what I desire? Am I not good enough? Do I have a belief that I have to work super hard always to get what I want? And then if I just coast a little bit that, that I, that I, I don't like, I'm not like, it's not okay. Like I'm not worthy of that. Like you have mm -hmm. to really just examine what your beliefs about yourself are. I believe somewhere you have a belief that you have to strive and that, just to be happy and okay, uh, you're not worthy of that Well, for okay, whatever reason. Let me jump in on that. Uh, you know, you had said, uh, am I fearful I'm going to lose it? And certainly there is an aspect of that. And But some of that comes from like just my experience with, you know, I, I'm, we're not going into Buddhism and all that stuff, but just my experience with impermanence. Nothing is permanent. And that's a double-edged sword. It's It's 
it's bad and it's good. It's good when you're suffering. So like if you're suffering, yeah, you know, yeah. like, I like my um, my mom passed away a couple of years ago through pancreatic cancer and it was horrible. It was hard, horrible to see her and it was, you know, devastating. And uh, but, <clears throat> you know, I did have the uh, wherewithal. I had the consciousness that, you know, I know that my grieving will uh, subside a little. I mean, I'll always grieve the loss of my mother, but uh, and, you know, uh, Angela, I mean, you losing a child like that is beyond my ability to comprehend. Mm -hmm. So I can only imagine and it doesn't come close to what I'm sure the reality is. But I, I would guess that the way you grieve over that still, I'm sure you do, is more tolerable than the grief at the beginning. The grief at the beginning must have been, you know, devastating. But, you know, the, my point is that things change, feelings change, you know, uh, everything changes. So the good news is when you're suffering, it won't last forever. You know, suffering will get less and more manageable. Um, but the other side of that sword is that when good things, uh, when things are rocking and rolling, soak it up, baby, enjoy it, because that ain't going to last forever either. So my knowledge of that, I guess, is why I'm like, hey, I, which makes me very grateful. So the gratitude is, is sky high right now. I'm, I'm so grateful for every moment. My wife and I are in the car on the way to TEDx, and it was like the sunrise was coming up. We were near Hiroshima. And uh, there was snow on the ground. The sunrise was coming up and the Japanese uh, landscape. It was just so beautiful. And I was like, oh, my God, it's like the best moment of my life right now. And so I was just the gratitude was sky high. But I'm also conscious of like, you know, that sunrise doesn't last forever. The snow's going to melt. You know, this moment's not going to last forever. So I enjoy it. But it's it's going away, Angela. Please, can, can I can I jump in, Dean? Yeah, please, yeah, uh, and, then, and then I wanna okay. I wanna jump in. I know, as well. I know, I know. I'm I know, gonna write it down got... so I don't forget. I know. Okay. Um, <laughs> Bring a pen. So so here's what um, I've had to grapple with, and it's a lot of like what happened in my book too. Like I always felt like I wasn't worthy of the wonderful things that I achieved in my mm. life and achievement, right. children, family, house, all that good stuff. Mm. Um, but as I grow and as I evolve and as I move on, I know that when something comes to an end, it's because I have faith that whatever's next is even better than where I'm at. And mm. sometimes you have to go through, um, like I'm going through a divorce right now. Two years ago, I had everything that I wanted. I had my kids, I had my house, I had my family, like everything was intact, starting a business, like everything was like awesome. And now I'm going through a divorce and it's not traumatic because I know what's on the other side of this is going yeah. to be even better than what was my dream before. So I, like I have learned to embrace and, and transmute the experiences and have faith because they're pushing me towards something that's better. Um, and you, I just want to briefly touch on the, the grief of Joshua. There was, there was, I've never felt anything like losing a child and walking out of the hospital without my baby was the absolute worst day of my life. I'm sure. But Joshua has led me on a spiritual journey to be where I am today. So Joshua mm. is a big part of my life still. Mm. He's a part of my children's life. They know their sibling. He's an angel. He's our angel brother, angel baby. And I don't miss him because he's here. 
And mm. I've learned to um, appreciate everything that he's brought for me. We celebrate Joshua Day on December 3rd. It's like our, it's like our, our thing. You know, Dana mm. painted this beautiful painting behind me. Right. And um, there's, it's, it's like th there's purpose to everything that we experience. And yes, it subsides, but you transmute it into something and you yeah. make it, you make it worth what it, what it was. You learn from it what you can, you grow from what you can. And mm. the harder the experiences, the, 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 even if like, like this divorce, I've been through two divorces now. This divorce is not killing me. This divorce yeah. is not tragic because I'm, I'm empowered, right? Dana's taught me to stand tall and, and know myself and I'm all cleaned up and aligned and all that good stuff. So the experience itself is- I look clean. I took a shower. I took a shower <laughs> for you, baby. Um, but but yeah, so so you have like this this beautiful existence with your wife right now. And if it changes, it's only because it's changing for your greater good and it's going to be better. You just have to, that's the belief part, right? You're well, talking that, about. Yeah. I, I, she is the better from something I, from the shit that where I got twat punched, you know, several <laughs> years ago, like, and I'm, you know, I, I had, there was someone else I was going to marry and, you know, it was an, it was a New Yorker. That was mistake number one. Fucking and New Yorkers. I, I, you gotta I, watch yeah. out for them, man. Fuck and, them. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that situation, uh, you know, I'm on, ends with me, like, I'm on the floor next to a bottle of Jim Beam, like, you know, life, yeah. I, just rock bottom stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, like, man, I'm never gonna get married. I'm never gonna meet anyone again, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, uh, I don't dare compare it to what you went through with Joshua, but I, but it was my rock bottom. Everybody mm -hmm. gets their, their own version of rock bottom. Right. And this was mine. And I just thought like, and you know, I, I've never lost the zest. I've never lost. I've never been suicidal, not seriously or anything, but I did just lose my zest for life. I had just lost yeah, like, you know, like, man, I just don't care to do anything. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was a rough experience. Here's the thing. Like if I've had people ask me like, Mark, what do you regret in life? I can't even regret that traumatic thing because if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be here in Japan exactly. with the person I love more than life itself. You know, like I wouldn't get here if it weren't, if I hadn't have done that. Yeah. So I can't regret even that trauma. Yes. yes. May I add a, a piece to both of your brilliance? Maybe I'll <laughs> throw a big pile of shit on top of your brilliance. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, you were saying how you're understanding about like impermanence and like that scares you a little bit. Like, yeah, it works. Yeah. It's good when stuff sucks, but when stuff right. is beautiful, it's scary. But here's what I understand about, about energy and about, um, how things, uh, develop and attract other things. So, you, you know, when you were in the situation of your mother passing, as tragic as that is, if you would have chosen to wallow in that and continue because we're all going to grieve in our time, but continue to wallow in that, then right. yes, that situation would change, but there would be another situation or, or other situations that would align with that feeling of wallowing. And then you would continue that trajectory. So, right. no, but the opposite of that is you're in your situation with your wife, you're on your way to the Ted talk and you're looking at the sunrise and everything is beautiful and life is wonderful. And you're like, Oh my God, I should appreciate this, which is true and have gratitude for this. And which is true because this moment will never be here again. 
And right. Angela and I talk about this all the time. This is important. However, it doesn't mean that there's never going to be more good. Angela's talking about transmuting uh, the shit into something good, which is really important. But you could also compound the good with more good by the gratitude you're talking about, by the joy, by the reveling mm -hmm. in those moments. So there should never be fear that, oh, my God, we're going to lose this. There should be excitement that there's going to be more of this by being excited in these moments. And that has happened. That has been happening. Actually, this is I'm glad you said it that way, because that's what's going on with me. And yeah. and here's here's what it feels like now, though. So I've been compounding the the goodness, the awesomeness. And it's like I don't know if you've ever been skiing, but it's mm -hmm. like when you're skiing and you start going so fast and you, you feel like I'm going so fast, I can't stop. Like, I don't know how to fucking stop, you know, unless I just <laughs> purposely, cr unless I just purposely crash here, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so yeah. like, you know, I'm kind of like going so fast. I'm on the black dime. I don't know all the, the metaphors. I mean, I've exhausted the <laughs> metaphor, but you know, like I'm on like the fast slope and I'm hauling ass because like good stuff's coming at me. Like, whoa, here's more good stuff. Here's a little hill. Yay. I'm doing a little jump. You know, this is great stuff <laughs> happening and like that I didn't even know I could do. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, now it's getting, it's feeling scary. It's feeling scary. I'm going so damn fast. Yeah, but soak it in because yeah. everything, because what will happen is you'll hit a little divot or like a little dip and it'll slow you down a little bit. And what I've learned, because I totally relate to what you're saying, that momentum, and I'm like, oh my God, good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. But what I've learned is when there is a lull, because there will be a lull, there has to be a lull. It's just sure. the nature of how things, how things work yeah. to, mm -hmm. to, for me, I've learned to sit in the lull and I'm learning. I haven't learned it yet. <laughs> Learning to appreciate the low to, to, cause I know that I'm going to speed up again at some point, because when we're, when we're doing this, it's when we're rising, when things are good, we're coming up like this. So right now, I mean, I know we're doing the ski down the mountain analogy, but you're rising. So as you're rising, you're like, yeah. And then you're like, wait, there's a plateau. Wait a minute. Oh my God. Are things going to suck? Is there going to be a dip? No, man, you're just gathering the energy because you're going to go, you're rising again. We talked about the spiral staircase. You're oh, coming right. around, but you're always <laughs> raising. That's what you're doing. Little, little booties and one one for you. There you go. <laughs> you know it. Angela, vegetable lasagna knows it. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. So, Angela, what do you say? I guess we're going to wrap this sucker up. Did you have any more questions for us? Or was that like, you know? That, that's it. That was Imagine the one. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, well, that was it. Was a complicated Just that one. one. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like what's your favorite ice cream flavor? You know. <laughs> no, he went right for it. I know. What is the meaning of life? It's like well, you know. I, this I, is I know where I am. You know, if I'm on somebody else's podcast, it would be like I don't know. Do you like you know chocolate ice cream or not? But you know, I know where I am. So I'm like, let's do this. We're going commando, right? Let's yeah. go right to the heart. Oh, <laughs> Start twat punching right out of the gate. You missed it, man. I slipped my bra out when you were talking. It's your hand Yeah, before we, uh, before we do our close, um, this episode is sponsored by Mark's uh, amazing podcast and sandwich. Um, we have, uh, we have a, a little promo at the top and the bottom of this episode. Uh, please check it out. Um, Mark, I, I feel like your, your podcast is like our brother podcast. Like when Dana and I were in a sorority, we had a brother fraternity the zbts right. yeah. so i feel like you're like our brother podcast you know like it's, nice. love nice. love what you do we're so aligned 
in and how we're doing it. And uh, I love that silky voice of yours. It's just, it's just something, it's just so comforting. It's so comforting. And I'm just honestly, I want to speak for Dana well, and I look, we're so grateful that you're in our lives. Thank you so much. And uh, likewise, and, and I love the analogy of a sister podcast, the silky voice. You can think that this is another example of, I needed the trauma to get where I am. I needed that bottle of Jim Beam. <laughs> yeah, give me some gravel. It's kind of like it's like a raspy voice, and uh, you're listening, yeah, you're listening yeah. to Zen Sandwich. Can I can I ask you a question? This is sure. a weird aside, but um, did you always like the sound of your voice? No, I, nobody does. You right, right? When you, the first time you hear it. Uh, I got used to it, but there's a there's a reason why. I mean, I uh, looked it up that. Um, because you never actually hear your voice the way it sounds to other people because it's come, you know, the, uh, I, I can't yeah. explain the anatomy of it, but you know, the bone, the ear bones in your head are not hearing the vibration of your voice the same way that everyone else is receiving it. So when we hear, so we think we sound the way that we sound to ourselves, but we don't, we sound the way we're recorded. Right. And so when you hear yourself, you're like, it sounds foreign to you. Like, I don't sound like that. Yeah, you do. You, that's, you sound like the way you're recorded. And so after a while, I got used to it. Plus, I, I did get compliments. I never felt good about my voice ever until I started podcasting. And I would get emails from people that would compliment me that would say, like, uh, you know, I love the sound of your voice. You know, like, really, it puts my wife to sleep every I, I like <laughs> my wife. She's like, well, you sound like late night DJ. And you know, like, yeah, you're listening yeah. to uh, Zen Sandwich. And she's like, I mean, she'll, you know, she can't get to sleep. I'm like, well, put on a Zen Sandwich episode and like she, right. you know, 20 seconds. <laughs> well, I, I had, uh, I had my biggest client of this, this existence so far has been my worthiness. And I would hate pictures of myself and I would hate the sound of my voice if I heard it recording or whatever. But then Dana and I started doing this and I honestly like, I'll just sit here when I'm editing and I'll watch Dana and I, or listen to Dana and I like on a walk or something. And I'm like, God, we're so smart. We're so funny. We're so charming. Look at us. You are. You both, so worthy. I, I love myself. I, you know, I'm not flirting because I live on the other side of the planet and you know, yeah. I love my wife more than myself, but you are both like hot. You both sound great. You both We're have awesome, wonderful right? this, this is amazing ah! in, in awesomeness. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay, I think enough about that. We all I see feathers D's. We're all good. We're all good. Okay. I think we're good. I think we're ready for the sign off wheel. Okay. So where Dana does this, she's super excited. Long time. Is there anything? I love it. I love my wheel. Okay. So I just want to give you a little bit of a heads up, Mark, because clearly you don't watch our show to the end. So we have later, Rattlegator. Well, listen, you do nine minute episodes. I'm like, Mark, I just been watched all or binge listened to all your episodes. Ours are like 40 minutes long. I get it, dude. It's cool. We're friends. Okay. I'm not okay. going to defend myself. Right. So, so don't be I a dildo. Like cro- I feel like I'm being cross-examined here. So like, yes. <laughs> Answers. Okay. No. Maybe. Okay. So <laughs> don't be a dildo. Dropped call. Smash that bell. Stay fresh, <laughs> cheese bags. The award show speech. You know, I want to thank, you know, little baby Jesus. I want to thank. Okay. Uh, DJ sign off. <laughs> We're out. Uh, slow motion. Goodbye. <laughs> And uh, I and forgot about that wall. 
Oh, I did drop call. Drop call. Angela just yeah. shuts it down. Nobody says goodbye. Okay. 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 <laughs> I'm going to move over and spin it so you can see it. And okay. wait. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Stay fresh. <laughs> Stay fresh, cheese bags. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Zen Sandwich Podcast with our dear friend, Mark Reed. So let me tell you about Zen Sandwich. Zen Sandwich is a podcast for the independent thinker and anyone who embraces life despite its absurdities. Former professor and attorney turned Japanese paper maker, Mark Reed, that's me, uh, inspires mindfulness, humor, and a down-to-earth 21st century Zen lifestyle. Join him, me, as a... Uh, as he talks with creative, inspiring, and influential people like Dana Sardano and Angela DeMarco there, amongst others. And uh, as he shares his, or as he shares his own research, sometimes I do little solos, observing the socially constructed mess of reality, sharing travel stories, hadn't done that in a while, and exploring what it means to be alive in a modern world. So yeah, I, I did just read that off a of script, but still, sounds interesting. I'd want to listen to that. You can find you can find Zen Sandwich on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you've got, uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, and you know it's easy to find. I don't really have any competitors. There's no like Zen Hoagie or Zen Subroll. There's just one Zen Sandwich, baby. So just Google it, and there I am. <laughs>